Have you ever wondered why something gets put on TV? I know I have. That's what makes Christina Nicholson's show become a media maven so interesting from a content standpoint. From a process standpoint, the show has been around since 2018 and has evolved and adapted to the changing landscape. This has helped Christina keep the show relevant without adding a ton more work to her plate. It's also what has allowed her to focus on lead generation. Let's take a look at what inspired the changes she made and how she produces her show today. And, of course, what you can steal from her workflow. In this episode, make sure to look for these three things. Experiment with the format of your podcast. Know the goal of your episodes before you record and use your podcast for lead generation. Welcome to Podcast Workflows, where you get daily tips to improve your process, grow your show, and maybe even make some money. Each week, I also do a daily dive into the process of the world's most successful podcasters and reveal their tools, processes, and systems to help you simplify the production of your own show and reclaim hours in your day. You can improve your own podcast production process by seeing how the pros do it. I'm your host, Joe Casabona, and it's Wednesday, which means we're doing a deep dive. Today, we're going to look at how Christina Nicholson uses her podcast for lead generation in her business. So first, let's start with what is Become a Media Maven about? Christina is a former TV reporter and anchor turned PR agency owner. Today, she helps creators and small to medium-sized businesses, SMBs, earn media. Her podcast, in Christina's own words, pulls back the curtain on what really happens in the media industry to make it easier for small business owners and marketers to earn coverage in the press without spending money on ads. First, the mission statement of this podcast is perfect. She mentions who she helps, the problem she solves, and how she does it. We're off to a fantastic start. Since Christina has a ton of experience in this area, it makes sense that her solo show focuses on leveraging her expertise. But it wasn't always a solo show. Like most podcasts that have been around for a while, Become a Media Maven started out primarily as an interview show, where Christina would bring on guest experts to talk about a topic. Some of those early guests include Lisa Simon Richards, Michelle Dempsey, and Pat Flynn. However, she did set the tone right at the beginning, making her first episode just her, talking about her expertise. Throughout the early years, she sprinkled in solo episodes between the interviews, and in 2020 even introduced a miniseries called Three Things on Thursday. I'm sure you can figure out what those episodes were about. It wasn't until 2023 that her show stopped having guests. Today, she focuses on creating shorter episodes that allow her to showcase her expertise, and she's leveraging those episodes to build her audience. This also makes her production process super short. Okay, now let's get into your first takeaway. 
It's okay to change your format. In fact, you should experiment with different formats to see what resonates with your audience. Okay, now let's get into her production process. 30 minutes. That's all it takes her to produce one episode. One of the questions I like to ask when doing research for these breakdowns is, are there any gaps in your process? Christina answered definitively with no. So how does she do it? There are three important aspects to her super slim process. Number one, she has a solo show where she is the expert with no guests. Number two, her recording process is Spartan, just her iPhone and a decent microphone. Number three, she smartly streamlines the editing process by taking notes during the recording. We'll look at some tips Christina shares to speed up editing, but there's no avoiding the fact that when you have guests, there's more effort that needs to go into the edit. You need to align tracks, normalize audio volumes, and edit a conversation with two or more people. Add in video, and it gets even more complex. Modern tools like Descript and Riverside make it easier. But adding more people to a process like this often complicates things. So this process is invariably faster because it's a solo show with no guests. With a solo show, Christina can control her entire environment. She can also choose topics that make production easier. So let's talk about that. Christina takes an interesting approach to creating podcast content. She'll pick the title first and do it based on what she thinks will encourage people to listen based on some research. Here's what she had to say about that. Based on the title, I will come up with an outline that turns into show notes for the episode. I will also ask myself what resources I can offer that people can get after they listen for more value and make sure those are noted in the outline and show notes. So her topic is based on two things. What's interesting to her listeners and what resource she can offer listeners to deliver even more value. We'll get to that second point later, but topic selection is super important. It's easy to pick topics you know well or that will appeal to you but your goal should be to help listeners. The listeners are the hero in our podcast story. This is why I think defining a mission statement for your podcast is so critical. You're stating who you serve and how you serve them. When you keep that in mind, it's easier to pick topics in the service of your audience. Christina also knows that with a good topic and outline in hand, she doesn't need super fancy equipment to record. The value is in the content. So how does she record her episodes? When Become a Media Maven had guests, those interviews were recorded via Zoom. Since the show started in 2018, this was slightly before the browser-based remote recording revolution. Today, I'd recommend you use a tool like Riverside or Squadcast to record with other people. But since the show transitioned to solo or no guests, 
Christina has two tools for recording. Her iPhone has the camera and a blue Yeti for the microphone. She also uses a green screen, which is something to consider if you're going to release video. Using these tools, she can easily record in QuickTime, Descript, Ecamm Live, or any other video recording software, making this process as easy as possible for her. But then it's time to do what is usually the most time-consuming part, the edit. One of the great things about Christina's show is that she's super transparent about how she does things. In the episode, How I Edit My Podcast Episodes So Fast, she outlines her entire process. One of my favorite quotes from that episode is, We breathe every day, all day, okay? You don't need to edit out breaths in a podcast episode. She's pointing out that editing out breathing, ums, and ahs is unnecessary and takes too much time. In fact, she doesn't even listen to the entire episode of her podcast when she does the edits. For both guest episodes, when she had them, and solo shows, she'll take notes during the recording on what and when to edit, marking timestamps. She also gave an important anecdote about TV media in that episode. Christina mentions that some people on TV would do super long interviews, even though the aired interview is less than two minutes and they only really used three sound bites. Christina would stop when she got what she needed. So your second takeaway is this. Know what you need to get before you go into the interview or solo episode. You'll be able to deliver value to your listeners more quickly and save yourself some time in the edit. Now, since starting her show, Christina has hired a video editor from Upwork. Here's what she had to say about that. I send the video to an editor after it's recorded, along with the show notes, to edit for YouTube. When I get that video back, I pull the sound to upload for the podcast. This is a great move on her part because it frees up her time and it makes her production time basically as long as it takes to record. While many podcasters are hesitant to hire an editor due to creative or financial constraints, it's one of the best things you can do to free up your time. And as you'll see, Become a Media Maven doesn't directly make money, but the investment is worth it to Christina because she's not only saving time, she's getting two assets, a video for YouTube and the audio for her podcast feed. That's right. Become a Media Maven recordings serve as both a YouTube video and a podcast episode. Since Christina is covering one focused topic in 20-ish minutes, she doesn't need to rely on visuals, but she can add them as well as sound effects to keep her audience engaged, regardless of what platform they're on. She does publish the podcast herself using the outline she created as a basis for the show notes, and she uploads the same text and title to both YouTube and her audio host, Buzzsprout. There's one more thing she'll add to the show notes, though. Remember how she picks a topic based on what resources can she can provide? She'll also include that resource, which she mentions at the top of the show, 
in the show notes. This is Christina using the podcast for lead generation. While Become a Media Maven doesn't make any direct income, it is directly related to Christina's experience, service, and products. For that reason, she uses her show as lead generation for her business. She effectively picks topics that align with the resources she has to get people onto her mailing list. In fact, when I asked her what her call to action is, she said it differs for every episode. It's whatever is relevant to the episode's topic. This is great because she knows if someone is listening to the episode, they're definitely interested in that topic and they're more likely to trade their email address for a helpful resource. From there, she can provide even more value, better nurture the relationship, and when the subscribers are ready, make the sale. This is a tactic that was basically perfected by Amy Porterfield. The resource, and therefore the CTA, are directly related to the free content she's creating. And this is why Christina can justify the cost of an editor. It's a cost of doing business, and so much cheaper than doing paid ads. So here is takeaway number three. If your podcast aligns with your business, you should absolutely use it for lead generation. Create a couple of freebies to get people to sign up for your mailing list. By the way, that doesn't mean she can't make money with sponsorships or through other methods. In fact, one of her goals for the next 12 months is to get sponsors and possibly join a network. But right now, the content is worth doing not because it's a direct line of income, but because it's great and it's an authentic marketing tool for her business. Now, one of the great things about Christina's process, I know I've mentioned a bunch at this point, is that with recording video, she has lots of flexibility for repurposing. She even talks about this in a podcast episode from earlier this year. So last year, when I was recording this podcast, I was thinking with the podcast in mind first, audio only, and then I turned the camera on, and then I made some minor edits to the video to put on YouTube, just so it was a little bit more exciting for the person watching. This year, I have swapped that. So this year, I am recording this podcast thinking of YouTube first. And while she continues to experiment and things may have changed by the time you listen to this, by going YouTube first, she can extract the audio like we covered. But then she can also create multiple clips for social media like TikTok, Instagram, and LinkedIn. She ends up creating eight different types of content from each episode. And in true repurposing fashion, she lists them in a blog post from the episode I just referenced. She creates a YouTube video, a podcast, a blog post, a pin on, Inst on, on Pinterest, multiple text, image, and video posts, and a LinkedIn carousel. <laughs> Christina also leans on her assistant for the creation of a lot of this stuff. And truth be told, this is the perfect task for a VA. She also talks about using a spreadsheet to track everything. Airtable would be another great option for this or Notion. And I think that's a brilliant idea. You can 
see what needs to be created versus what you've already created, keep a publishing schedule, house the assets, and have a place for you to reference if you ever want to republish anything. In fact, in true Christina fashion, I'm going to offer you a free resource related to this. If you go to podcastworkflows.com slash process, you can get my free process template, which has podcast planners in Notion and Airtable. If you're thinking about repurposing, my recommendation would be to pick one to two types of content first, test and perfect that process, then expand. Okay, so let's sum everything up. How can you use Become a Media Maven to improve your podcast workflow? The process for producing Become a Media Maven has so many fantastic gems that it was hard for me to narrow it down to just a few takeaways. However, my favorite part is Christina's approach is both a masterclass in experimentation and in making your content work for you. She's switched up some aspect of her show every year of its existence, from three things on Thursday episodes, to killing interviews, to being YouTube first. Throughout the whole time, however, she's known her audience and who she serves. The show isn't monetized directly, but it allows her to elevate her profile, build her authority, and understand a form of media that she helps her agency clients access. It's an honest-to-goodness marketing tool for her, and it's working super well. So what can you learn from Christina's podcast process? Number one, experiment with the format of your show. It's easy to get stuck in a routine and a format you think is working for you. In fact, other platforms like YouTube and TikTok favor homogeny in content. But that's not the case with podcasting. You're not at the mercy of an algorithm. So you have the opportunity and flexibility to experiment. If you always do interviews, try a few solo shows. Your audience might end up liking them better because they know, like, and trust you. If you publish four times a month, try peppering in one of these different episodes as a bonus fifth episode. Do something different from what you're doing now and see if it resonates. Christina is constantly experimenting and it pays off. She's routinely ranking in the top 200 marketing podcasts on Apple Podcasts, and the competition there is pretty stiff. Number two, know the goal of your episodes before you record. It's a lot easier to get someplace if you actually know where you're going. Joe Rogan asks countless questions until he finds something he likes and wants to dig in on. But he's probably the only person who can do that and his episodes are regularly three plus hours long for the rest of us we want to deliver high value to our listeners in as little time as possible knowing what the listener is going to learn before you hit record lets you keep the conversation tight hit the main points efficiently and effectively and will make editing a lot easier your listeners will thank you plus Knowing the goal beforehand lets you better prepare for the most important takeaway. Number three, use your podcast for lead generation. Like I said, for the first takeaway, your audience knows, likes, and trusts you. Leveraging your show to generate leads for your business doesn't need to be in the form of smarmy, 
overly salesy tactics. You can do what Christina does and create a free resource that delivers even more value to your listeners. It shows you truly understand your listeners' problems. If you would rather not create a different resource for each episode, have two to three different resources that you can recommend based on the topic you're covering. And if you can't think of three, start with one. You could always add more later. Mention these resources at the beginning and the end of your episodes, and be sure to link them in the show notes. Christina also adds a nice touch of creating a simple, speakable URL so that it's easy for listeners to hear and remember how to access that resource. So there you go. That is the deep dive into Become a Media Maven and how Christina Nicholson uses her podcast for lead generation in her business. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to read the full article, you can head over to podcastworkflows.com or find the link in the description for this episode. If you want to get in touch, you can find me at jcasabona on X, formerly Twitter, threads, and pretty much every other social network. But that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I can't wait to see what you make. Hey, before you go, I want to tell you about a free resource I have called my podcast process templates. They are a set of Notion documents that give you a full podcast planner, a show planner, and even some AI prompts to help you get the creative juices flowing. You obviously want to improve your podcast workflows and save time, and these templates will give you a basis for all of your other processes. Through my Notion and Airtable templates, I am able to automate a number of things as well as stay organized so that I am using my podcasting time more efficiently. If you want to get your hands on these templates completely for free, you can head over to podcastworkflows.com slash templates. That's podcastworkflows.com slash templates to get your free podcast process templates today.